1: 6 o'clock, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley's behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. That is how you hop in on this Wednesday night. We got a ton to talk about. Dave Dombrowski, Sam Fold. Rob Thompson spoke today As the Phillies prepare and really now it feels like the offseason starts. I never feel like the offseason in baseball starts until you get that end of the season press conference when they kind of lay things out and they talk about what happened, what might happen, their needs, all those kind of things. So we will play for you a big chunk of the Nebraska press conference coming up. We'll react to it and the news today with Bryce Harper going for elbow surgery next week and it. It sounds to me like he's not going to play the outfield for a long time. That was my read on it. We'll get to all that coming up. A lot on the Phillies, a lot on uh, what Dombrowski had to say today, and maybe the offseason plan to come here. Trey Wingo at 8 o'clock on the NFL, on the Eagles after their first loss. Excited to talk to Trey what he thought he saw on Monday night. But I want to start with <clears throat> excuse me, a word that I keep hearing that I think it's time to just put away because I, I don't believe this word applies to the Eagles right now. And I keep I keep seeing this word, hearing this word, turn on ESPN, read ESPN. I've, I think I've heard the word said out loud on WIP, uh, you know, quite a few times over the last couple of days. And I just flat out don't agree with it. I think we all realize the Eagles didn't play well on Monday. You turn them over four times, you will lose. Turn them over three times, you're probably going to lose. I mean, they, they gave that game away. They didn't play well enough. They have to be better stopping the run and getting off the field on third down. All those kind of things. Penalties. Most penalty yards all season. They played really poorly. And it's 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 there. I mean, it is clear as day that they need to be better, and, and that game was bad. But there's a word out there, and it starts with the letter E. I keep hearing and seeing, and I just don't agree with it when it comes to the Eagles. And that word is exposed. Exposed. The Eagles were exposed on Monday night that they're not a really good team. They're a good team, but not a great team. Nothing close to that. And they got exposed for their weakness. They got exposed that they can't stop the run, and it will bite them in the rear end later this season. They got exposed that they can't come back using their passing game late in games. It's only they could build leads. They can't come back and win in the fourth quarter. They got exposed on Monday Night Football. Baloney. I don't believe it because the context of the game does not fit the description of that word. Exposed would mean that they now can't get back to the level they were. That this is, they were a fluke 9-0. They were a fluke team, or 8-0. They were a fluke 8-0 team that lost. And now the losses will continue because the blueprint is out on how to beat the Eagles. That this will continue to happen over the next three, four, five weeks. They will run into these close games and run into losses because they can't stop the run and because they can't come back throwing the football. But all that does is ignore the context of what actually happened on Monday. Did the Commanders play well? Yeah. Did they run the football for, you know, 150-ish yards? Yes. Did they gash the Eagles? No. They ran for 3.2 yards a carry. You know, if you want to go back, and we'll talk about what the Eagles did today, you know, signing Linval Joseph, trying to fix this defense and patch it up without, without Jordan Davis right now. If you want to go back to the last couple of weeks, specifically that Texans game because it was, it was kind of close the whole time and say that you know, the Texans really showed you could run on the Eagles, and that's going to be a problem. I, you know, I'd say, all right, there, there was a lot of big runs in that game by uh, Damian Pierce and the Texans. But that wasn't the case on Monday night. Again, the longest rush for the Commanders was 11 yards. I'm, I'm not losing sleep over 11-yard runs or 3-yard or runs or 4-yard runs or for Brian Robinson. I'm not losing sleep over it. And I'm not losing sleep over a team that allows 12 third downs in a game. You know how fluky that is? There have been a lot of bad Eagles defenses. and we could go back through the years. 2020 was a pretty bad Eagles defense. 2015 was a pretty bad Eagles defense. You know, go through some years. You know, we're going to go way back in the day before Andy got here, before Jim Johnson. There were some bad Eagles defenses. Do you know how many times in franchise history ever the Eagles have allowed 12 or more third-down conversions? The answer would be none until Monday night. It's the most third-down conversions they've ever allowed in a game. Does that strike you as a team that went from 8-0 and to suddenly the worst third-down defense in the history of the franchise, or was it fluky? It was fluky. That's the way I see it. Mo- Monday night, they deserve to lose. I'm not trying to make excuses for the Eagles to say, ah, it was a weird game. They deserve to lose. You turn it over three or four times, and you have 75 penalty yards, go home. I mean, just just go home. You, you put the L next to your name and go home. They deserve to lose, and hopefully this week they wake up and, and be buttoned up on Sunday against the Colts. But I'm not willing to say they got exposed because the things that the commanders did on Monday, I don't believe they did anything that is extraordinary. I mean, they ran the ball for 3.2 yards a carry. Again, cool. That's not going to beat you most weeks. And the reason the Eagles lost wasn't because they couldn't get anybody open. It wasn't because they couldn't, you know, complete a pass. Jalen Hurts was erratic or or flustered or throwing the ball on the ground or over, over his receivers' heads. No. They lost the game. Because their receiving core gave it away. Jalen Hurts, bomb to A.J. Brown down the field. Boom, right in his hands. Now, was it in double coverage to where something bad could happen? Yeah, and and maybe Jalen Hurts wants that pass back because of the outcome. But you watch the replay over and over, and the ball wasn't intercepted because the, the safety or corner jumped up and took it. It fell out of A.J. Brown's hands. It fell into his hands and out. So that's not, oh, no, wow, they, they really stopped this Eagles passing him. No, if, if A.J. Brown closes his arms, it's a 50-yard pass. Quez Watkins, if he just either lays down or does not drop the ball when he gets back up, that's an enormous pass from Jalen Hurts, a great read, a great throw. And then, of course, Dallas Goddard, you want to say the penalty should have been called, whatever. He can't fumble that football there. That's why they lost the game. You know, when I, I keep seeing all these things out there, where are the Eagles exposed? Big debate on ESPN today. Where are the Eagles exposed? You know, is it out there now how to beat them? Well, okay, if you can replicate four Eagles turnovers, if you can get the Eagles to drop the ball to the other team four times and you can convert 12 third downs, go ahead, I guess that's it. That's the formula. But you know what? That that kind of game is so odd and so, you know, out of the ordinary that i don't believe the eagles were exposed because that kind like what happened on monday doesn't happen very often across the nfl again the eagles have never allowed 12 plus third down conversions in a game and they obviously don't turn the ball over much that's been the theme of this season even back to last year this is not a team that turns the ball over much so do you think there's going to be a game again this season where they have four turnovers and 12 third down conversions allowed i would bet considerable amount of money that there's a, a pretty slim chance that doesn't happen again so that's what it took. That's what it took for the Eagles to lose a game they were supposed to win. A significant turnover, you know, issue on offense where the ball just slipping through their hands all night. And 12 third downs converted. I don't believe either thing will happen again this season. Maybe they'll have a four turnover game again if if they have a bad day. But I I would think it probably doesn't happen. 3 or 2 or 3 would probably be their worst day from here on out. And I would guess they probably don't have another game within the same season where they allow 12 or more third down conversions. It took those two things for the Eagles to lose a the game. They probably could have won if they just were a little bit more buttoned up. Were the Eagles exposed? I don't believe so. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. It's funny this year, we've had so little to complain about and so little to worry about. Now we have some injuries and we'll get to all that. And I do think there's some injuries here that, that could give them some issues moving forward, and they're going to need to get themselves healthy before we get closer to the postseason and, and hopefully a number one seed in, in playoff games here. But if if I thought they were exposed, I would say it. And if I thought they were exposed, I'd say, you know what? I'm a little bit worried about this or anything in the postseason or down the stretch season because the, the commanders showed everyone this is how you beat the Eagles. Did they really? Did the commanders really show you how to beat the Eagles? when they needed 12 third-down conversions, they needed to run the ball 50 times, they needed the Eagles to drop the ball four times to hand the ball back, and they needed some really odd penalties, including the one with Heineke at the end. Not not, not that it wasn't a penalty, but that's a strange play where the quarterback takes a knee as he's about to get sacked, and they get to keep the ball. Like They needed all those things to win. That doesn't strike me as a blueprint. That strikes me as a bad night for the Eagles. 215 592 94. Where do you lie? Do you believe the Eagles were exposed or was it one bad night? Because I, I say it was one really bad night with mostly self-inflicted wounds. I don't believe the Eagles were exposed. How about you? 215 592 Do you believe after an unbelievable start to the season, the Eagles were exposed for the areas that they're weak? What do you think? Tucker, What's uh, what what's you feeling on this?
2: No, I don't think they were necessarily exposed. I think if you watch the game, the Eagles beat the Eagles more than the Commanders beat the Eagles. But the way the Commanders played football, I do think, kind of lets team know that there is a chink in the Eagles' armor. Right, The Eagles, up until Monday night, seemed like an invincible team. We talked about how they could beat teams any way they wanted. They could run the ball. 50 times for 200 yards and beat you. They could have Jalen Hurts throw the ball 50 times for 400 yards and beat you. A.J. Brown could beat you. Devontae Smith could beat you. This defensive line or secondary could beat you. You know, through eight games and eight wins, they beat teams a variety of ways. And for the first time on Monday night, we saw a team kind of due to the Eagles what the Eagles have done to other teams. They held on to the ball. Washington did. They they were successful in third downs quite a bit. They made sure they stayed ahead of the stakes and put Taylor Heineke in advantageous situations where he could find Terry McLaurin who was cooking Darius Slay all all the evening long and move the ball down down the field. I just I'm not worried about them. Like I don't think this is a a start to the Eagles struggling and they're going to go one and seven the rest of the way and, and struggle to find a a playoff spot at 9 and 8, but This was, for the first time, adversity that we haven't seen the Eagles face, and this was, for the first time all season, a a team that showed the rest of the NFL that they could be beaten, because I think a lot of people here, I mean, go back and listen to a lot of our shows last week, a lot of people thought the Eagles were favored to go undefeated. Robert Griffin III said on Monday Night Countdown before the game, the Eagles were going to go undefeated, and it sounds silly now after watching Monday Night, because so much can go wrong, but... The Eagles did beat themselves, but Washington, I think, did a great job of making those margins so razor thin, of making every possession matter so much that when the Eagles did get sloppy with the football, they didn't have time to make up for their mistakes.
1: Yeah, you know what I think they did? And, and you're right about a lot of those things. Uh, and they, they certainly shortened the game and less possessions and less possessions. You get a couple turnovers, all of a sudden the game goes haywire. But what I thought watching that game on Monday is, is you saw how a an average or below-average team could beat the Eagles. I don't know if we saw something that necessarily is going to help the Minnesota Vikings beat the Eagles in the playoffs or the Seattle Seahawks beat the, play- the Eagles in the playoffs. You know, teams are going to be there in the end, the Niners. I mean, these teams are better than, obviously better than the Commanders. I'm not sure if we saw a blueprint to beat the Eagles right, other than we saw the Eagles play like crap. I mean, that's why they lost the game. The Eagles played poorly. They lost that football game. It wasn't about the Commanders. It wasn't about sticking to the run. It was about them. I don't believe the Eagles were exposed. I believe the Eagles had a bad game on Monday night. 2 94-94. Which side of this do you lie on? Do you believe the Eagles were exposed or was it one bad night? Because we're going to start finding out. Like We can have this conversation tonight and we're each going to have a different opinion on it. The answer will lie in the next month of football because that will tell us the truth. If the Eagles were exposed, and we see this in the NFL all the time, if a team... Shows, you know, like Tucker said, a cracker chick in the armor. Teams will come and continue to exploit that, and that the the formula will work more often than not. If you find something a team can't do, you attack it until they fix it. And I'm not sure the Eagles have a fix to some of the things that they're struggling at right now, particularly the run defense. You know, Linval Joseph is now is now headed to Philadelphia to kind of play that role that that. Um, Jordan Davis was, and maybe they get a couple more snaps for a guy like McCoby Dean down the line. I think that could be a good idea, but I don't know if there's a quick fix to the run defense, but I also don't think that anyone, there needs to be a panic. I mean, the Eagles did not get beat up on Monday night. They turned the ball over three. I'll call it three. The last one was just silly at the end of the game. They turned it over three times and all in major spots. They had a coaching mistake that led to a makeable field goal for the Washington Commanders. They allowed third 12-down conversions. Again, the first time in franchise history that has happened. Like, if you tell me all those things are repeatable, like, you know what, Joe? Listen, this weekend the Colts, they might convert 12 third downs. They might cause four turnovers. They might have Nick Sirianni, you know, kind of give them a free field goal when he should have taken a penalty. Then I'll say, you know what? All right, for this is going to happen every week, sure, but these are weird, fluky things. You know, re- repeatable things would be, you know, if they found something in the offense to where the Eagles can't get anyone open anymore. And that's obviously not true. Quez Watkins was open on the big play down the field. Dallas Goddard was open on the play he fumbled. So they're getting guys open. Okay. If you're telling me there's something there where the offense just stopped working because they, they can't block anymore, Jalen Hurts is taking seven sacks, then I'd say, uh-oh, red flag. I, I didn't. Monday wasn't a red flag to me. Monday felt way more like. They had a clunker. They had their first clunker of the season. Let's see what everyone thinks. 215 592 94 94. Do you believe the Eagles were exposed on Monday night or was it one bad night? I, I, I say it was one bad night that was mostly their fault. David is up on WIP. Hey, David. Hi, Joe. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. What's on your mind tonight? What are you thinking? Well, I'm, I'm going to save you the month. The,
3: the, the Eagles. Lost the game besides the penalties. The, the game plan coming out with the fast uh, offense number one n- didn't 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 work. Number two, they should have. This was the week where they should have blitzed the heck out of Heineke. He's not that maneuverable, and they didn't do it. Their game plan, if they just would have included a. All hell, Blitz, you know, I'm telling you that it would have been a different game. Uh, and, uh, no, they're, they're, they'll be back again next week on top. It, you can't do the undefeated thing is over, but. We'll, we'll still be in good shape.
1: Yeah, and they will. Well, I agree with you on that, David. They will be. And, David, I appreciate your phone call. And, and uh, yeah, I, I think a little bit the, the up-tempo on offense felt a little silly uh, the more we kind of play it out. Uh, you think back to the game and they were going up-tempo in the three straight passes before halftime and kind of gave the commanders a chance at a free field goal there. Again, two field goals that I think were, were almost directly on coaching decisions, two commanders field goal attempts that both went in. Uh, you could attribute to Nick Sirianni and the way he managed the game. I mean, that's that's on the coach. As far as the blitz thing, I, I think it's a rite of passage. When the Eagles lose and their defense does not play exceptional, we have to say it's like a birthright. We have to say they didn't blitz enough. I mean, we, we do. It's just, it, it's the, it, those are the rules. We can't change it. We have to say it. I mean, did they get torched by Taylor Heineke? They didn't. I mean, how much worse or better would he have played if they blitzed? Let, let, let's, let's dive into the numbers here for a second. Heineke had zero touchdown passes. He had one interception. Okay, he was sacked three times. He, he also fumbled the football and gave the ball away. His pass rating was 66.9. I'm not sure the lack of blitzing costs the Eagles in this game. Now, again, let's not forget... It's not just like you go into a game, you have a game plan, and you have, to, and you can't deviate. I mean, they lost, they lost Avante Maddox. I mean, I'm way more concerned with the injuries right now than the blueprint to beat the Eagles. You know, that's that's where I'm at. You know, the injuries, you can't you can't just get these guys back. They need it's going to take time. Avante Maddox was missed on Monday. I thought when when Chauncey Gardner Johnson had to cover McLaurin, it was not good. Now Gardner Johnson's having an excellent year. I think he's having a Pro Bowl year, but as a safety. You know, asking him to drop back down after not really playing corner all year and cover one of the best receivers in the game—that didn't work out well. So we could say blitz, 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 but were they covering these receivers at a high rate? I mean, no. This is the first game all year where I thought the other team's receivers had a good day. Tucker, I mean, I didn't think the commander. I didn't think the Eagles' secondary, their corners played very well on Monday night.
2: No, and we can point to a lot of reasons why the defense didn't play well, but I think you're right. I think one of the reasons why the defense has been so successful is that trio of Avante Maddox, Darius Slay, and James Bradbury has been so legitimate, right? Darius Slay and James Bradbury have allowed a pass rating of like 37 when targeted this season before Monday night, which which is unbelievable when you consider if you just threw incomplete passes and spiked the ball every play. Your passing rating would be 39. Like, like they've been unreal, and... For the first time all season, those two guys with the Vontae Maddox sidelined, I think they struggled. Like Bradbury got exposed and got beat against Houston on that double move for the first touchdown. That happens sometimes. But Darius Slay has struggled against Terry McLaurin in his career. And when I think about why the defense has been so successful, you can certainly point to Jonathan Gannon and what he's done. But I think he's been able to do a lot because he's had two lockdown corners. And the fact that those guys didn't show up and didn't have a big day when targeted on Monday night. Really affected the rest of the defense and affected what else they were capable of doing.
1: Yeah, I, I think it did. Uh, and not having Maddox out there, I think changed things. It's hard to blitz when you don't trust one of your corners. You're down a corner. 94. You know, some losses feel like they do expose teams late in the season. Like, see, that's the way to beat them. But I just, I, I don't believe that was Monday. If you tell me teams can replicate what the Commanders did, which is run the ball fi- nearly fifty times, okay. Continue to get first down after first down. Convert twelve of them. Again, the Eagles have never allowed that many converges in a game in their history. And the Eagles turned the ball over four times. Like that doesn't feel like it is something that is repeatable. That feels like it is something that is random. I don't believe it is repeatable. I don't believe the Eagles got exposed on on Monday Night Football. Do you? Two one five five nine two ninety four nine for Frank's in Newtown. Hey Frank.
4: Hey Joe. How are you tonight?
1: Good, Frank. What are you thinking?
4: Uh, actually, I, I do agree with you. I do not believe this team was exposed, but I believe that the better team got beat by a team that played better. Um, and really, uh, you know, the, the, the constant mistakes that the team made. I mean, not being able to get off the field on, on defense, a, a two to one, you know, time of possession deficiency there was really, um, you know, pro- part and parcel, obviously, to what occurred. Um, and I, I'm wondering if this was a little bit of a of a regression by Gannon um, and his his kind of approach to things. Um, But again, you know, we can nitpick all day about the, about the nuance of it, but uh, you know, that was obviously an integral part to this, the turnovers, you know, they obviously kill every team that plays this game. Um, And, but let's not lose sight of the fact that, you know, the, the, the Goddard fumble, the Watkins fumble, I mean, if they score on both of those drives, a team that played as poorly as the Eagles did would have scored Roughly thirty-five points in this game, and probably won this game. So that's just something that.
5: Well, know, Frank,
1: I'm, you're right. I mean, and that I think that's a good silver lining, right? That they played poorly, they made a lot of mistakes, and yet they they were still in position to to do more. That that if they have just a couple a couple less mistakes, even two turnovers would have been poor. But they, you know, take away sure. two of them, and they're probably in the thirties, right? Or they're probably close to thirty points. I mean, that's that just shows there's still a really high end here. It's why I'm I'm not really too worried about what happened. Yeah and I, I
4: totally agree with that and then the last thing I will kind of add is I, I don't know how much longer we can go with the Britton Covey experiment. I know he's shorthanded, but I have to be honest with you he, he looks like a like like a like a like a youth player out there. Um uh, he looks very overmatched physically. Um and he's a good story, he's a great guy, I'm sure, but at the end of the day, he's certainly not doing us any
1: favors. Well, he's not. It, it, it is rare, and Frank, I appreciate a phone call, man. It, it is rare when I watch a player in the NFL and I feel like that guy's small because I'm not a big man. Um, I mean, it, it, he's listed as weighing a, a little bit more than me. I'm not sure if that's accurate. He's t- and, 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 look, there's guys that have been small and fast. I, I just I don't see it with Britton Covey. I don't, I don't know what he's bringing to the table. I, they're not losing games because they're special teams, but at the same time, yeah, I, I would not be – I'd not be opposed to them making a change there. 215, 94, 94. Do you believe the Eagles were exposed? Yes or no? We watched their first loss of the year. And, and I think doubt is bound to creep in when you watch a team that's undefeated lose their first game. Like, uh oh, what does this mean? I don't believe they were exposed. I believe it was one bad night for a team that's still one of the best in the NFL. 215, 592, 94, 94. Where do you lie on that? Do you believe the Eagles were exposed? Yes or no? We'll discuss. We'll get to all the Philly stuff, including Bryce Harper's elbow surgery next week. In as the show goes on, and on the other side, I want to bring up one thing I am worried about. That's the injury report. The Eagles injury report. It's pretty lengthy as they get to practice today, getting ready for the Colts on Sunday. And the new signing, Linval Joseph. What is he going to bring to the table? All coming up along with your phone calls on Sports Radio ninety four. WIP. Start off NFL Week 11 right with a no-sweat same game parlay from Fanduel in partnership with Valley Forge Casino, America's number one sportsbook. It doesn't matter if you're new to Fandle or already have an account. You'll get free bets back if your Thursday night same game parlay doesn't hit. NFL same game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout. Let's go Derrick Henry over rushing yards for the road team. I will take... Green Bay to win the game tomorrow. And I think the home team is going to win this game as Green Bay has a little life now. And I'll go over the passing yards for Aaron Rodgers. Build your own or choose one of the popular same game parlays pre built for you in FanDuel's top rated sportsbook app. However, you want to play, you can bet the NFL on Thursday night with a no sweat same game parlay. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 94 WIP. Sign up promo code GILIO if you don't already have an account. I really like the FanDuel app. If you already have FanDuel, you're all set. Just sign in to see what you got. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL.
4: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Modelo, is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor,
0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
1: Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley's behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. That's how you hop in. Next hour, we'll get to some of what we heard from Dave Zabraska We're going to play uh, the presser in almost at its entirety later in the show. But we want to touch on especially the Bryce Harper stuff, the surgery that is coming next week. We'll do that top of the seven o'clock hour. Your phone calls right now. 215-592-9494 on the Eagles. Whether or not you believe they were exposed, I'm mean, the E-word is out there. I, I saw it a lot the last couple of days. The Eagles were exposed. I I I don't think so. I don't believe that. I believe they're a really good football team that had one really bad night, and that doesn't feel repeatable. You know, if you tell me there's a formula where teams could consistently run the ball 50 times, have success despite only 3.2 yards a carry, you know, continue running the football despite only 11 as their longest gain, you know, convert 12 third downs, force eagles into four turnovers. If you th- if that's repeatable, then sure, then sure they're in trouble. But I don't think almost any of those things. Are our, our normal game script type of things that the Eagles are going to have to deal with again? So I don't look at it as a the night they were exposed. I look at they had a bad night, and they played a division team and they lost two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Now, if there's one thing I am concerned about, it is the injury report right now, and it's the significant injuries they have. Um, you know, we know Dallas Goddard's going to be out a while. We know that Avante Maddox is going to be out a while, both on the IR. We know we're still weeks away from Jordan Davis returning here. But how about today's injury report? And now it's a Wednesday, so and it's an estimation because uh, I think they had a walkthrough today. So when they do walkthroughs, their estimations it doesn't mean, really have, mean have to mean that much. But you know they they make the NFL put out designations on injuries for a reason. And here's what I see today when I look at the injury report: AJ Brown limited with an ankle. We know he wasn't very effective on on Monday after he hurt his ankle. Fletcher Cox limited with a foot, and Fletcher today was uh, complaining about how many snaps he had, or I get not complaining, but kind of talking through how many snaps he had, how tired he is. Jason Kelsey, limited with an ankle. I'm not worried about Kelsey. He'll play. Hassan Reddick limited with a thigh injury. Did he tell uh, Ike and uh, Elliot last night about that injury? I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I didn't hear it. Uh, hopefully he's okay. Devontae Smith, limited with a knee injury. That's a lot. And we're now talking about, of the three big weapons on offense, Devontae, A.J., Goddard. One is gone, and two are limited in practice on a Wednesday. This passing game, I'm a little bit – that's where I'm worried. Injuries is where I'm worried more than anything else. Uh, and we'll get to a guy they signed today to try to help with all this in a couple minutes. Jared is in Westchester. Hey, Jared.
6: Hey, how you guys doing? Jared,
1: we're doing well, buddy. What's on your mind? What are you thinking?
6: Well, I don't think that we were exposed as much as we did have a bad day because – if our offense plays the way our offense should, we won't have seven minutes of total offense in the first half.
1: Well, you're right and, about uh, that, Jared. I'm, I'm glad you brought it up because, you know, in the last couple of days we've heard a lot about how the defense couldn't get off the field, and that's true, but the offense also could have done their part and hold, and held the ball for longer.
6: They could have. Like, why are we throwing it, like, first down, second down, third down punt?
1: Yeah, it kind of, I, reminded, I, of me, it reminded me of the old Chip
6: Kelly offense. Not, that doesn't work. It doesn't, and also another point that I want to bring up is I don't want to believe it, but I think that the reason we might have had a bad day was I think a no might have gotten into some of their heads. Yeah, it, I
1: it, think- yeah, Jared, it's interesting. Um, I, I didn't think it was going to, and I'm not, you know, we don't know, right? We're just guessing here, but I did think it was interesting after the game that uh, Jalen Hurts was talking about how they could refocus a little bit now, and and I wondered if if he thought it had gotten into some of those guys' heads too.
6: I think there's almost no way it can.
1: <laughs> well, you know what? It, it's, it's, I think it's natural, right? Like when you're just – everything you do, you win. It's probably hard to to focus on the details. Exactly. Yeah, I, I do think there's something to that, Jared. And I appreciate it. And I, I, look, is that the reason they lost the game? No. I, I mean, I I don't think they dropped – the. I don't think that the ball went through A.J. Brown's hands because they were eight, No. I mean, I, I don't think the correlation is that significant. But – I do think, like every week, these post game locker room speeches, right? You know, I mean, they show we show Jalen Hurts after a win, and he's some some iteration of we left money on the table, right? We're not where we need to be yet. There's still mistakes to clean up, blah blah blah, and then these screens. But we're going to enjoy this one. Everyone goes crazy. All those locker room speeches. I do think when you keep winning with the way they're winning, it's probably harder for the leaders, whether it be Jalen Hurts, the coaching staff, Kelsey, Brandon Graham, whoever for that message to resonate because it's, you probably eventually get some some eye rolls. Like, yeah, alright, Jalen, you're right. We left money on the table. We still won the game by 12. How much, how much money could we be leaving on the table if we're winning games by double digits? So, you know, I'm not, I, I'm not the guy that thinks a loss is a good thing and, and you, I don't want to lose games, but I do think there could be something to that. I expect a much more buttoned up Eagles team on Sunday in Indianapolis. Speedy is up on WIP. Hey, Speedy.
7: Hey, Tom, can you hear me
1: okay? Got gotcha, you, Speedy. What's up? I just took you off speakerphone. You know, I've been uh, – thanks for your
7: time, and, and uh, sorry to bother you at work. You know, I've, I've been in the car all day long, and I've been listening to uh, WIP, and I heard the camera and Richie earlier say that they were worried that the Eagles were exposed. And I think at one point the camera even blamed uh, the lack of uh, focus on the crowd, you know, that we weren't loud enough. I mean, I was there, and I think you still hear it in my voice. I mean, we were – I do. Well, also before before you go we on, were.
1: yeah, and like yeah. after, I'm sure it was you know loud to start the game and loud when they made some big plays, but for a lot of that game, they weren't giving you much to cheer about. That, that was my point. I mean, yeah. we were as crazy
7: as we always are, but you know when when the other team has 12 3rd down conversions, you know they're they're not running up and down the field on us, but there wasn't a whole lot to you know to applause for or to cheer for. But you know, I, I, I don't I don't know if you heard this, but on, when we were on offense. We were chanting there, especially in the second half, run the ball. I mean, the audience, we're all yelling, run the ball. And so, you know, I don't, I don't, I think people need to relax. This isn't a blueprint. This is an anomaly. Uh, And I said to my buddy, you know, everything's going right for Washington. And the only way they could beat us is that everything went right. And you talk about the officiating. You know, how do seven officials on the field not see the face mask call, but they can call a late hit, a phantom late hit on the player that's still in bounds? Right. So, and then people don't mention the two 50-yard. I think one was the guy's career-long field goal. You know, so all those things that were happening. You know, you know, for them, you know, A.J. A.J. doesn't drop passes. You know, those are a series of unfortunate events. But the thing that I wanted to close with was what was great to watch, and people aren't saying this is what the poise of Jalen Hurts. You know, the throws that he was making, the passes he you made, know, even the one that A.J. dropped. It was right in his
1: hand. It was perfect, Speedy. So. Now it was a little dangerous, obviously, because there's double coverage. But the throw itself, like you couldn't throw a ball better. Like you, he could have dropped it out of the sky into his hands. It was a per- you're right. It was a perfect throw, it was and a beautiful pass. Yeah, and and, and then yeah. the one to Quez. I mean, the one to
7: Quez was beautiful too. A series of unfortunate events. I just say, relax, Negadelphia, We're going to be fine, and we're gonna we're gonna do really well this week and the rest of the season. It's, we're going to be good.
1: I got you, Speedy, and I appreciate it. Now, um, before we go back to the phones here, and I don't want to play Sirianni talking about the new acquisition of Linville Joseph. I think Speedy was joking when he said, sorry to bother your work, right? I mean, this is a talk show. I believe that's a bit from another show. Okay. I mean, I've heard it before. I think it's kind of funny. But sometimes I think people say it, it's like a reflex thing. Like they call. I, I think people in real life, obviously, talk radio is different. But in real life, we don't really talk on the phone as much as we used to. We send text messages. So I I think there's like a thing where it's like, hey, I don't mean to bother you when you call someone because it's like weird to call people. But that's not WIP. It's literally a talk station. Yeah, I'm pretty
2: sure it's a bit from a a show at a different station. Okay. well, um, although I will say when I do answer the phone now in, in real life. I sometimes answer it WIP because I'm not used to answering it as Tucker Bagley. You mean like Saturday at noon? The mechanic calls me to tell me tell me my car ready. WIP. I pick up my cell phone. I go WIP. <laughs> What's your name? Where are you calling from?
1: What? what do people, like, are people like
2: taking it aback? Like they dialed Some the wrong people, number? Some people like just plow right through and they're okay with it. <laughs> Other people get very confused and they're like, "Wait, who did I call? What's going on? I must have a
1: wrong number." Yeah, and then I have to rethink and start over i also wonder if if that happened maybe it's happened already or it might happen one day to you there could be like a through the looking glass moment where someone calling you like a mechanic or right a business or a dentist doesn't hasn't put together yet like you're the guy that they talk to when they call here at night that's true that could be that could be like a really weird moment like wait a second I thought I was calling Tucker about his car. That's, that, that's the same guy? That, that would be where that might happen. All right, let's hear uh, from Nick Sirianni. Linville Joseph signed today by the Eagles' veteran defensive tackle, and obviously they're bringing him in to give themselves an option in place of Jordan Davis for the next few weeks. So he's, you know, he's back at fully healthy. Here's what Sirianni said about the veteran defensive tackle. We had an opportunity to add a good player that we played against
0: last year, and who who made things very difficult for us last year in that Charger game. And there's been there's a lot of guys here that have had uh, opportunities to be around him. Um, Coach Gannon, Coach Rollis, uh, Tom Hunkley. I mean, so there's been a lot of guys that have, have had uh, you know experience with him, and and we think he's a you know the right type of guy for the locker room. We think he's a, a, still of a heck of a football player, and he's going to be able to help us.
1: Yeah, I mean. I have no problem with the signing. If it gives them a little more beef in the middle, let, let's let's see it happen. Uh, now, I think we all need tempered expectations. There's a reason probably Linval Joseph is sitting at home in the middle of November. I, I'm not expecting greatness out of him. I, I just wonder if they, they can kind of replicate the defense they want to play with that body in the middle. Right? He's not as good as Jordan Davis, who's a first-round pick and 23 years old right now and a star athlete. But we'll, we'll see. Also, quick trivia th- uh, question on Linval Joseph. He there's something that happened with him here in Philadelphia. Do you know what it is? Like at, at Lincoln Financial Field, he's done something unique. Did you score a touchdown? He here? scored a touchdown. I believe it was uh, early in the season, 2018. Vikings, Eagles. Vikings came in here and beat the Eagles. It was the the year after the Super Bowl. Right now that Super Bowl hangover window, like late September, early October. Vikings came in here and won. I believe a long fumble return for a touchdown. By Linval Joseph. For 64 yards. That has to be the furthest Linval's run <laughs> than ever, maybe. Or since he was a kid. Maybe playing a different position in high school. He has one other fumble recovery in his career that went for 16. So 64 would, would be the longest he's run in a long time. So he has history here. mean that caught everyone's attention. Caught Howie's attention when he scored Rob's Warmus. Or Hey, Rob. Yo, fellas. What's going on? How you doing, Rob? What's on your mind? What are you thinking?
4: So I don't think we were exposed i think what
1: i i think Rob, well, i'll put you on hold i'm not sure if it was rob's connection I, it was like every word was going in and out. let's talk to mike who's up next on wfp hey mike
3: hi thanks for taking my call i told your producer or whatever i'm from baltimore so i have, maybe have a different perspective but i didn't expect the eagles to go undefeated this year and uh It was bound to happen. You know, it happens in the NFL all the time. You just play a lousy game and and you put it in your back pocket, you move on. But uh, I also was listening to some guy on ES, no, NFL Network. And he he was like, the rest of the teams might as well stop playing because the Super Bowl was the Eagles versus the Bills. Well, everybody didn't get the memo this week because either the Eagles or the Bills won. And... um, Maybe it's even looking good for Minnesota now. You know, like the Eagles kicked Minnesota's butt, but Minnesota found a way to kick, uh, you know,
6: Buffalo, Buffalo. off yeah. the field. So
3: at the at the end of the day, um, you know, I, I guess I'm a little more realistic and just take it like this. The 72 Dolphins have already popped the cork on their champagne because they're the last team that ever went undefeated for a whole season. I don't think it will ever happen again because they only had to win 17 games now you got to win 20.
1: Yeah, I agree you with know? Mike. Yeah. I agree with you on that. And and now there's so much more parity in the league. Like we went back last week, Mike, and we looked at the Dolphins schedule that year, like the teams they played. They got to play a lot of bad teams that particular season. Now they won and you give them credit, they they, they were perfect, but I, I agree with you. It's it's probably never going to happen again. I mean, the Patriots were the closest to perfection we've seen since then, and even they lost in the Super Bowl. It's just and you add the extra game and now Mike it's so hard.
3: Can I add one more comment? Go ahead. The smartest thing, The smartest thing you're talking about is the injury. Because in Baltimore, we know what, what it's like to get hit by the injury bug. And, you know, that's a bigger concern than and a stupid loss to Washington.
1: Yeah, and that because that lingers. And Mike, appreciate it, man. And that's, you know, like what happened in the game on this past Monday against the Commanders, I don't think it's repeatable. I, I think if, if you show me a game the rest of the season where a team accomplishes what the Commanders did, I'll be shocked. I'll be shocked if a team for the rest of the season against the Eagles or maybe anyone, but let's just go with you know with the Eagles here. If they force four Eagles turnovers and they co- they convert 12 third downs, it, it's it's almost it's like a unicorn type of game. It just doesn't happen. Those games don't happen. And you deserve to lose when, when those two things happen because obviously you can't get the other team off the field and you're giving the ball away. It's like a perfect storm of bad. So the commanders should feel good about themselves. They, they did a good job, but... They had to play a perfect game to get out of here with what was basically a one possession win until the fluky weird thing at the end. I mean that that's that's the reality of it. Now the injuries that's gonna be more difficult to get through they, they, the Eagles have some holes now now that's a deep roster, but tight end, you know we'll see what, how they patch this thing together. Tyree Jackson is probably gonna get his opportunity here. um I wonder how I wonder how much he plays uh like how I wonder how they do this in terms of like how they are they gonna just like work him in slowly. After the significant injury, it felt like they liked him last year. We kept hearing about him. And then he got some run in that Week 18 game against the Cowboys. Unfortunately, he hurt himself there. I do wonder how much we're going to see of the tight ends and, and how they're going to you know, kind of differentiate who gets to go on the field. Do they use the tight end less? Do we see the same amount? I, for the first time all year, I don't know what we're getting out of the Eagles on Sunday, like in terms of personnel, in terms of – uh, snap counts. It, they've been pretty predictable T- Tucker, I would say since week 1. Like, you know, Quez will get a few snaps, Pascal a few snaps, but it's mostly their two receivers, their, you know, their tight end, like Miles gets most of the snaps. Like they're not a very unpredictable offense. Now I think they might be. Yeah, and they haven't been unpredictable because the
2: personnel has stayed the same, right? AJ Brown's been healthy every game. Devontae Smith has been healthy every game. Quez Watkins hasn't missed a game. Zach Pascal hasn't missed a game. Miles Sanders, surprisingly, hasn't missed a game yet. Dallas Goddard is finally injured and and kind of is the first guy to go down. But you're right, and you look at Tyree Jackson. I mean, he played 39 snaps in Week 17 last year before getting hurt, had three catches, had a touchdown. I don't know if he comes back immediately. I mean, this is a guy who's had multiple season-ending injuries in the last, you know, 18 months or so, and – He's somebody that that has a, a total of about 150 NFL snaps in his career. I think they bring him along slowly, but you do have four weeks of, of run where you don't have Dallas Goddard on the field, and he adds something that Jack Stoll and even Grant Calcaterra don't add right now. Like, I think Jack Stoll probably leads the team and, and leads the tight ends and snaps on Sunday, but I wouldn't be surprised if Calcaterra and... Tyree Jackson get a little bit of run and get some targets in the passing game.
1: Yeah, I think they will, especially Jackson. Let's talk to Rob who's back up and warm us. Hey, Rob.
4: All right, I'm back.
2: I got it now.
1: Got gotcha. you. What's up? Can what do you, you think? Yeah, we got you.
4: All right, so I don't think we were exposed at all. I think what you saw is the only thing that was exposed is if you take us out of our rhythm on offense, like we need to be in that rhythm. So if you sit us on the bench for 15 minutes, it's going to affect the team. I actually texted someone after the first two drives that I haven't seen this team be this aggressive in a long time. Like, they were ready to play, and the Redskins just wore us out. And I don't know why our defense didn't adjust to all those running teams.
1: Yeah, well, they didn't adjust to the second half, Rob. I mean, the second half, they sort of slowed the run down a little bit more. They were better at it. But you're right about the idea of taking them off the field like that's the one thing I think we'll we'll probably I mean this you'll see teams try to do what the commanders did I just it's it's rare you could pull it off right like they ran the ball almost 50 times and only had about 150 yards like they didn't run it particularly great they just kept getting enough for a first down and then enough for another first down. it's 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 interesting I, I think teams will try to do what the commanders did but I'm not sure if teams could do it the same way it was it's just a weird game
4: No, I think eventually they'll have to adjust and I mean, we have great corners. We have great safeties. So maybe you just put, try to put four out and put seven in the box at some point and just stop the run for three plays in a row. And maybe that changes the dynamic of the game a little bit.
1: It could, yeah. And, and that could be the adjustment. And obviously, you know, getting Jordan Davis back, and Rob, appreciate it, will change the math on the Eagles' defense. They miss him. I mean, they, they, they miss him more from a they don't know what to do without him rather than, you know, they were the best run defense with him. They weren't. I mean, they weren't the best run defense when he was here, but they just don't know what to do without him. And as far as taking the Eagles' offense off the field, yeah, I, I mean, teams have been doing this forever, though. Like, what the Commanders did on Monday night, like, this isn't brand new. In the history of pro football, the, the lesser team tries to shorten the game. Isn't that— it's something Doug Peterson used to do all the time. Yes, he did it his, his rookie year here, I mean, his first years, and, and Carson's rookie year, because they were the lesser team in a lot of games. They just weren't a very talented team that year. So you run the football, eat clock, and you you less possessions creates more variance. If, if each team only has— Eight or nine or ten possessions and one or two go haywire, any team's got a chance. Now, if there's fifteen possessions each side, it's like well, the better teams eventually going to play itself out. I, I think the eagle, the issue with the Eagles on Monday was they just threw away their possessions. Like, if if this happens again, and and that, that's the one point Tucker said teams are going to try to do this. I agree, the Colts will try to do it on Sunday. But if the Eagles don't turn the ball over three or four times and they convert two of those possessions into scores, does the blueprint matter? No, they win anyway.
2: No, I mean, they cut the lead to, what, two? With about four minutes to go in the third quarter. They had 21. three legitimate possessions. They had four total, if you include that that 10-second possession they had at the end that resulted in the Casey 2 Hill touchdown. But they had three legitimate possessions in the fourth quarter, and they went fumble, fumble, punt. Like, like they had their chance to win the game three times,
1: and, and they came up small each time. Yeah, I, I go back to this. If you could tell the Eagles coaches right now that every team the rest of the season – Every single one that they play will try to do what the commanders did. I think they'll sign up for it today. No questions asked. Oh, you you guys want to run 50 times for 3.2 yards a carry. Try to convert you have 21 third downs against us, and your your, your goal is to try to convert, you know, 10 or 12 or 15. Knock yourselves out because that's really hard to do in the NFL. It's really it's really, really it's almost like a baseball team losing on a bunch of singles and sat and, and like suicide bunts or, you know, sacrifice bunts like, all right, you know, you small balled us to death tonight. Great guys. I mean, you, you, it's hard to win like that every game. You need home runs to win. You need a big plays to win. I, I just, I, I don't look at what happened as the Eagles were exposed. I look at it as they gave that game away. They had a bad night. Did they deserve to lose? Of course. But, I'm not worried for the rest of the season because a blueprint emerged from the, the commander. Sam is up on WIPA, Sam. Hey Joe, what's going on? What are you I think Sam? I do not think
5: we were exposed. I mean, I think that there's definitely a tendency for you, you used this word earlier, fluky things to happen, especially when we play Washington and New York. I don't know why it just, it does. But I mean, at some point you have to lose a game, right? So it's just, Better to get it out of the way here in the middle of the season. You still have a chance to, you know, build momentum at the end of the year because that's what it counts. And they got they lost the game. I mean, they didn't play. They didn't play their best football. It's probably the best you can feel about a loss because that just wasn't the same team that we've seen all year,
1: right? It wasn't right. I mean, they, it was uncharacteristic, Sam, the way they played and the way they just gave the ball away because. That hasn't been them all season. They've protected the ball. They've won the turnover battle. Like, it was like when you watch those turnovers, like, really? They gave it away again, especially the Quez one. That was just, that was so frustrating.
5: Yeah, it's just, I mean, that's just field awareness. And I think that that's something, too. Like, to do that at home is, I mean, it's humbling a little bit because they're just, they're supposed to be so much better at home. That's supposed to be a really tough place to come in on the road. And for a lesser team to go in on a Monday night of all nights and do that, I I think it's going to open some eyes in the
1: building. Well, it could. And I hope it does. I hope they they kind of refocus here. Sam with the phone call. Refocus on the areas they need to, certainly when it comes to ball security. 215-592-9494. That is how you hop aboard on this Wednesday night. A lot to get into. One hour from now, Trey Wingo will join the show. Talk some NFL Eagles. How concerned should we be after the loss? And... When we get back, we'll throw in the news today about Bryce Harper. Dave Dabrowski explaining what's happening on next Wednesday, including elbow surge of Bryce Harper. How serious is it? When could we see him playing again? I, I have a feeling that we won't see Bryce Harper in the outfield for quite some time. We'll hit on that next. And a surprising result in one of the baseball awards. I did not see a Philly landing as high as he did in and an award that was just presented. 215-592-9494. It's how you hop aboard on Sports Radio 94 WIP.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds?